My name is Zach Coma. When you're listening to the My Tech Decisions podcast. another episode of the podcast. Like I said, my name is Zach and I'm your host. As parts of the U.S. begin to reopen and coronavirus-related restrictions are lifted, the conversation now turns to how we can get back to normal and get back into the office safely and effectively. Even then, things like masks, social distancing, and even temperature scanning will be commonplace in a lot of public settings. To talk about that is Bill Parrish, co-founder of California-based thermal imaging company Seek Thermal. Bill talks about the company's temperature scanning solution that can help organizations keep their employees safe by using thermal imaging technology to detect signs of a fever that could be brought on by COVID-19. According to Bill, this kind of technology has been used in several previous pandemics like SARS and MERS. It's now expected to become part of the new normal for COVID-19. Before we get to that interview, here's a quick reminder that you can download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and the Google Play Store. We bring you weekly interviews with technology experts in IT, cybersecurity, AV, infrastructure, and more. Now, here's Bill Parrish. So, uh, Bill, can you just uh, describe how the, uh, the SeekScan uh, system works? Sure. Uh, SeekScan is a thermal imager along with a visible imager. And uh, we record the, we look at the, uh, the thermal image of an individual standing in front of the, the system and it gives us a, a temperature. And uh, thermal imaging works by uh, seeing the, the heat light, that if you will, the infrared light. And by the amount of light that's coming off, we can determine what temperature we're looking at. Now, our system does have a, uh, currently has a, a, a thermal reference in the scene. So we compare that uh, very accurate thermal reference with uh, the light coming off of a person's face. And we can determine what that skin temperature is by uh, looking at the difference in temperature between the two. So it's, it's, it's quite accurate in that regard. All right. Um, so obviously you guys are marketing this as a tool to help companies uh, keep a grip on uh, you know, COVID-19 and, and the spread of the virus. Um, so, you know, how does it do that? How does it, how does it do that? Well, we, we measure uh, skin temperature. And uh, skin temperature is related to body temperature. There is a, an offset, and that offset uh, is dependent upon the environment that you're in, whether it be the hot sun or the snow. And uh, so we measure that uh, skin temperature, relate that to body temperature, and, re- and uh, present that as being uh, up against the threshold and deciding whether or not you, you have an uh, in, inflated or inflamed uh, increased body temperature. Right. Um, there are, I mean, I've seen other products like this out there, some handheld devices, um, things like that. Uh, what, what makes this different? You know, why is a, um, why is this better than a handheld device? Well, it's, it's how fast you can, well, first of all, it provides you a standoff distance. You don't have to personally come up to somebody and put your, your hand up on their forehead. And this, the second, the second it, it, it gets you the distancing that you need and, uh, it, it, 
um, can record quite quickly as opposed to having to come up to each individual. You can walk up to the thing, um, it'll, within a second or so, it'll tell you what your temperature is and, and move on. Pretty much like walking through a uh, metal detector at the airport. We used to walk through those things. Right. Um, so it can, it can screen pretty quickly. So it's a matter of, uh, of dealing with getting close to somebody and then actually walking up and, and, uh, and, and how long it takes to do that. Right. Uh, you know, what kind of businesses are you guys targeting with this and, you know, well, what kind of facilities would you imagine this would be installed in? Well, we've, uh, it, it's really interesting. We started out, uh, having a lot of interest from uh, the hospitals and, and whatnot, trying to get their staff in the door. Because if you have a staff of 200 people and you have to put a thermometer up on them, it, it takes quite a while. And so uh, the ability to put, put a, a, a rapidly scanning system up was real advantage. And then our dis- distribution network that we have for our firefighting products, because this stuff can see through smoke and uh, it's really a, a very important piece of equipment for a firefighter. Uh, you know, you don't have to have the lights on or anything. You can get your vision back. So our distribution was set up uh, strong in that field. So we turned it over to them and they sold it to the first responders, which are the firefighters and uh, some of the police um, um, out there. In in any event, we're going through that. Then uh, we were starting to see some very large Fortune 500 companies planning to get back to work at some point in time. So they have their whole process that they go through and they bring in their health guys and their IT people and uh, dealing with with a lot of very large companies that are that move uh, a little bit more slowly, but they have a lot more capability. Yeah. And we've been evaluating with with those folks and and uh, some really remarkable large companies actually. And and of course we start seeing uh, through distribution uh, the smaller small businesses uh, wanting to open up. And then you see the the hospitality people either from the hotels, the uh, entertainment industries, whatnot. Uh, sports uh, facilities, you know, the, the football, baseball teams and coming in to, uh, to look at the, at the technology. Right. So it's, it's been, uh, it's been very interesting yeah. to watch it progress. Where are you seeing the most traction um, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, the private sector? You know, that's, that's a great question. You're talking to the chief technology officer. I'm not in the middle of the sales world. I, I hear, right. uh, names um, coming back and, and back and forth. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I would guess I, see, I hear most about the, the large companies because, uh, of course, when they decide to buy it, it's generally in it's, it's high, wide, and handsome uh, type of procurement. It's, it's a big deal. Right. Um, we do see, uh, you know, thousands of units going out to individual small businesses as well. Oh, wow. uh, interestingly enough, uh, work closely with the, uh, the army with some of this technology, they have their own sensors. We are providing them the, the, the reference temperatures, uh, NORAD <laughs> from, uh, the military there, uh, New Jersey state police, Kia motors. I mean, these guys uh, are going on. So any, in any event, mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Was this an existing product or one that you guys just developed for, uh, you know, response to the pandemic? Um, we had the existing thermal cameras. We're, uh, we're one of the world's largest providers in terms of volume of, of thermal cameras. Right. Uh, I think we're probably second. Um, 
in terms of the number of, of focal planes and thermal sensors that we, we produce. Um, and we had uh, took one of the products that we'd been one of our standard products and taken the, the, the eyeball, the thermal core out of that and combine that with a visible camera to come up with this product. Mm. The real development in this, this product has been, the, uh, has been the software that needs to go with it to do the analysis to try to uh, pull out the, the skin and then trying to derive the body temperature from that. When did you guys start developing you know, the coronavirus-related product? Uh, I think probably the beginning of March, end of, the end of February, we uh, put together some plans and then uh, it was in March that we went full speed on it and tried mm -hmm. to decide to, to build our own branded product to do this. And was that due to demand for it or just kind of a hunch that you guys thought this would be uh, helpful? Well, we saw a lot of demand for our, uh, our core. People were buying our yeah. thermal imager, particularly the Chinese were, were buying a, a lot of our thermal imagers to, oh, to wow. build this type of product. So we, we knew it was important and, and what to do with it. Um, I'd been in the business uh, long enough to have watched uh, the SARS and Ebola and mirrors and, and whatnot. We provided product and technology back in those days as well. Okay, so this isn't your first go around with providing solutions that that can that can help with uh, an open. In, in that in that regard, I'm I, I'm I'm referring to this personally. Uh, you know, I've been in this business 45 oh, right. years now, gotcha. so I've built a few companies uh, that do this type of do this type of technology, and right. were involved in it back then. Right, but the, if, so this kind of technology, um, you know, to detect uh, someone's body temperature, and um, you know, related to, you know, uh, a pandemic like this is not uh, necessarily new. It isn't, but I, I got to tell you the difference between this and SARS. Uh, during SARS, we saw it all over Southeast Asia and China, and we sold a lot of cameras, a uh, different company I was involved with. Right. Uh, actually, I was the founder of that one as well. But uh, we put a lot of cameras uh, all over Southeast Asia and China, but nothing like we have today in this situation which is just worldwide and it's mm. uh, a lot of people involved and it doesn't seem to be slowing down quite the way SARS did. Oh, uh, how widespread do you imagine um, these systems will be and you know do you, do you see them in schools, uh, government buildings, you know offices, you know, you know I mean what's your what's your prediction? On the <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, we 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 see uh, interest from across the board. Um, you know, I can't predict the future of where yeah. we will be with this uh, this COVID nineteen. Uh, I know that businesses are trying to open, and they're going to be asked to provide as much safety and protection as they possibly can. Uh, this is one of those elements. Um, you know, it's it's not going to solve all the problems at all, but you certainly don't want somebody. Uh, sick coming to work or sick uh, showing up in, in your uh, store or restaurant or whatever activity. Right. And uh, with regard to schools, interesting question. I hear debates about whether children can catch and spread this stuff or not. I, I, mm. I don't know uh, where they'll go with that. Um, people are, have uh, developed a, a, a great deal of, of ways of, of using thermal imaging. Some of them are you know, looking at it, a large group of people and trying to use, uh, do the best they can to, to pick this off. Uh, those systems typically get to be uh, pretty pricey and I'm not quite sure how well they work. Ours is a relatively simple system. It's uh, you stand uh, 
four or five feet away from it. It takes your picture and then you go on. Hmm. So it's kind of a, you know, a, a kiosk type operation. Right. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's not just, um, so it's not completely automated. It's not just capturing you as you walk down the hall or whatever. The, the system that we're, that's on the market and we're uh, shipping today is not. It's a, uh, it's a stop in front. You look at the camera, right. it goes, uh, gives you a green or a red and you walk on. Okay. Um, as opposed to, you know, yeah. scanning you as you walk, as you walk by type yeah. of system. On and what's that? Hand, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. It's, 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 meant, um, it's meant to work in that, that modality. Mm. It, because of that, you gain a lot, of, uh, a lot of accuracy by doing it. You know how far away the person is. They're right. there enough time that you can actually collect really good data uh, before they move on. When somebody's on the move and you're trying to collect it and, and whatnot, uh, you lose some of the fidelity. But that said, uh, I, I'm not going to talk to the accuracy yeah. of other people's systems. Who, uh, who determines the temperature threshold, uh, you guys or the end user? The end user. That's, that's a really great question. There is uh, this relationship between skin temperature and body temperature and where they want to set that threshold and how many people that they're going to screen is really up to the user. We're not there to portray that we're you know, the, the doctor or the, the medical guys. We're, we're there just to provide an input as what uh, what we think the, the skin, mm. we know what the skin temperature is and, and try to give you some indication of what your body temperature might be. Right. So if there's one thing I learned uh, throughout this whole pandemic, it's that um, medicine and, um, you know, anything in the medical field takes forever because they need to make sure it's safe. They need all these experts to weigh in with trials and everything. You know, what, you know, medical um, expertise have you guys leveraged for this? Well, in two regards, you know, I, I uh, have a lot of experience doing this through three sure. pandemics, but yeah. uh, in, a, in, but because of those uh, pandemics, uh, the uh, ISO process, the, the uh, international standards uh, have actually have documents on how to do um, mm. measuring a body. The FAA, F, excuse me, FAA, FDA has uh, recommendations that they put out and tell you what uh, they, their expectations are for you to follow to do that sort of thing. So right. we take their guidelines and, and measure our system against that and uh, do the best we can. And we collect a lot of data. So yeah. uh, do you need hard. FDA approval for this? No, actually uh, you, you don't. Um, there will be applications for that, but for the pandemic, the FDA is, is put out uh, their guidelines and recommendations and says, follow these things. And, yeah. Um, for their thing, but you don't need to, to certify them or tell them to bring them in. Right. And, and what's key to that is this is just a, uh, uh, initial screening. There's always supposed to be a backup where you actually, if somebody does have a problem, you use a, a close up uh, thermometer or some kind of other system to, to determine whether or not there is an issue with them having a fever. Mm, right. You know, what, if any, are the privacy implications, uh, and, you know, just privacy issues with this as it relates to a person's health information. Absolutely. You know, uh, here we are with a safety issue uh, in this, call it an emergency, and we also have privacy rights, and they, they yeah. start colliding with each other. In fact, they're colliding with each other with uh, yeah. independence and saying, you know, you can't shut down my store, and oh, of course, <laughs> that's yeah. going on as well. Right. But, but there is, and, and society is going to have to deal with this because I think uh, in the aftermath of this or as it continues, we're going, to, we're going to be in conflict because you are, as you walk up to this, you are taking somebody's temperature and 
that's not necessarily visible to somebody if they walk out in public. So we now have instruments that can do that. So it, it is, uh, it's a question that's going to have to be answered. So yeah. there'll be questions about, uh, do you uh, combine the, the image, the, the picture that you take with the temperature that you read and all that sort of thing, and you record it? How do you keep it? Is there uh, any personal uh, information that's stored along with the data? All right. that sort of thing is going to have to get worked out. Yeah. Well, well it's we'll uh, have... interesting. I can tell you, a very interesting application of technology here. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's not what we normally do with this stuff, but it, it, it seems to work out pretty well. And uh, it, there's a lot of demand for it right now, that's for sure. All right. Yeah. Could you give us an idea of that demand? You know, um, you know, what's this doing for revenue or, you know, how many, how many systems you expect to and all that sort of thing. I think yeah. I'm going to, I think I'll go a little more global and not talk specifically about that. Sure. We are, we're, we are a, a small privately held company. Um, I, I can tell you that there's uh, seven, what, 7 million buildings in the United States and uh, a lot of people work in all those buildings and there's generally more than one entrance to them. So yeah, I can tell you that the, uh, what do they call it? The total addressable market here is, is, is very, very large. And uh, one of the problems is going to be is who has capacity to actually fill this uh, demand. People can put these orders for cameras in and how fast are they going to be filled? So is there going to be a backlog or not? That's really kind of the most interesting story to me is uh, there's a, just a lot of companies that come on the air to, to sell these systems. And I don't know where they're going to get their, their cameras and whatnot from because yeah. there's going to be a lot of need. Right. So. Well, Bill, thanks very much for your time. Um, I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure the world appreciates what you guys are doing to help us get back to normal. Very good. You, you take care and uh, we look forward to reading what you put out there. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you'd like to learn more, head to MyTechDecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at MyTechDecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZWCOMO. Until next time.